This is Mission, Baptist Mission Australia's podcast and a space to explore mission, faith, life, call and everything in between. Welcome. Welcome to Missioning. I am delighted to welcome the guests that are here with me on screen and in the room. And we also want to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and the Dharawal people of the Dharawal Nations as the traditional owners of the land in which we're recording this podcast today across Australia. And we pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hmm. Um, my name's Jodie McCartney. I uh, work at Baptist Mission Australia and it is a delight to host some of these episodes of Missioning. So, yeah, I have two great guests with me today. Um, I've got Viv and Chris. Um, Hello. Yeah, welcome. May Mission Month in 2022 has four key themes in the Crossing the Street series, and today we're exploring the fourth theme, which is being the good news together. So we're going to be reflecting a little bit on the Good Samaritan, looking at that through the lens of partnership. But first, I'd like to get to know our guests, Viv and Chris. So Viv, can you tell me a bit about yourself, who you are? How do you fill in your time? What do you do to relax? Hi, and, and it is good to be uh, with you today, Jody and Chris and whoever's watching. So my name is Vivian Grice and I live in Sydney and I am the team leader for the Outback team, which is part of Baptist Mission Australia. Uh, it, the Outback team works with our Indigenous sisters and brothers in the centre and in some of those remote communities. Um, I have been a pastor in local churches since 1980 or working for our New South Wales Baptist Association for a number of years. And uh, I'm married to Rhonda. We've been married for 44 years, I think it is this year. Yeah, I better get that goals. right. Yeah, 40, 44 <laughs> years this year. And I have six grandchildren. What do you do to relax, Viv? How do you unwind? Um, I, I, I enjoy walking. I enjoy bushwalking, um, walking generally. I love reading. Uh, mm. You can see a few books behind me. Yeah. My wife would like me to get rid of a few of them, but... How do you get rid of books that you've journeyed with for yeah, three or four years? Yeah, they become your companions, so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they do. Yeah. yeah. So those are the things that I particularly enjoy. Awesome. Mm. Thanks, Viv. And Chris, tell us a bit about you. Oh, yeah, it's good to be I, here. I actually do know Chris somewhat because I am married to him. Yes. But tell the tell our audience a bit uh, about yourself. My name is Chris McCartney. Um, yeah, married to Jaden. Together we've got three, three daughters. Um, 18, 16, and, and 12. And so um, where Jodie and I are currently job-sharing a role with Baptist Mission Australia uh, in the area um, of, of mobilising people for missions. So really partnering with God and the, the Baptist Church here in, in trying to, you know, just just walk alongside people and help them discover their, their calling uh, and, and look at ways that they can join in with God, with what God has planned for them. Mm. What uh, do you do for... To relax and unwind. Uh, uh, well, there's, there's. Um, I really enjoy getting out on the motorbike and heading up into the hills and over the hills and and see where that takes me and and I often do that um, with a, with a friend. So, yeah, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, escaping. Nice. All right. What about something that's giving you life at the moment? Something that's maybe outside of the hiking or the motorbike riding. Um, Something that's that's giving you life. Well, perhaps a couple of things. Uh, one does involve walking. We've had a lot of rain up here currently. Mm. 
uh, and there's a lot more to come, I think. So just before lunch, uh, I went for a walk. I, I got in my full gear. I went down to the local creek, which is absolutely streaming. Yeah. And I walked in the rain, which I find is very life-giving, just getting in touch with nature. <laughs> but I'm also reading a very interesting book at the moment by a lady called Edith Eager called Simply the Choice. It's the story of um, somebody who is now in America and a psychoanalyst, but she survived Auschwitz. Mm. But she didn't just survive, she thrived. Yeah, amazing. And so I'm, I'm finding that story very life-giving. Incredible. Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, my my auntie and uncle are, are from England and they say, if you wait till the rain stops to go for a walk, you'll never go for a walk. You'll so. never go for a walk. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I like that. Going for a walk in the rain is great. Yeah, look for for me, I'm. I think what I find life giving at the moment is making connections um, mm. with with neighbours, with family, mm. with friends, and and I think taking your, you know, just just building on your uh, reflections there, Viv, doing that in nature or going for walks mm. with friends or, or with neighbours. I, I just find incredibly life giving and a, and a good way mm. for me to, mm. um, yeah, just just get ready to go again. Mm. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that's the thing that's giving me life at the moment too, those connections that I have with others around me, but particularly with our daughters, seeing them thriving and flourishing in this season, and yeah, that that's so so life giving and so mm. so encouraging mm. and watching mm. them having new connections and new relationships. It's great. Well, let's get into today's episode. This episode is actually our final episode in the May Mission Month series. And the key theme that we're exploring is being the good news together. Um, I'd be really interested to hear what you think of when, when you hear that phrase. What does, it, yeah, what does it mean to be the good news? Yeah, look, firstly, I think it's really important to understand what, what the good news is, mm. you know, in, for, in, in order for us to, to embody it. Mm. We, we, I think having an understanding uh, that the good news is, is for me, and, and I'm still wrestling with this mm. idea. I don't think I've, but but I think fundamentally, it's it's knowing that God is for me, for us, mm. as His creation, mm. and the good news is that 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 we are deeply loved, mm. uh, as we are. Uh, there's nothing I can do to mm. to earn it. There's nothing I can do that will change that. And and I think the good news is that God is reconciling mm. all of creation. Mm. Uh, back to himself. Mm. What what does the good mm. news mean to you, Viv? I think the good news for me is all wrapped up in the person of Jesus mm. uh, and in terms of the transformation that he can bring in our life. Now, there's all sorts of transformation that he brings, but the fundamental uh, one, I guess, is that uh, transforming a broken relationship with God into a whole relationship God, with God, mm. Breaking a, uh, transforming a broken relationship with myself and my world and others into a healing relationship. Mm. So the good news is all about change, transformation. Mm. Uh, I mean, there might be other more, um, more reconciling is another word. Reconciling, yeah. Yeah. connecting, mm. Um, mm. saving words. Mm. Some mm. of those more, uh, I suppose, more theological words. But certainly, the good news is that for me, transformation, becoming new people in Christ, beautiful. to That's the glory great. of God. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. So, picking up on that, what does that? mean to be the good news then look i i thought that was a really interesting question uh, so for me let me just say two things one springs out of actually the the reading that i had in my devotional time this morning where um i'm actually going through a book which on the surface is not very encouraging it's the book of ezekiel um and at the start of the book of ezekiel there is 
he does all these um, symbolic prophetic acts. Mm. But the thing that came across to me this morning was one word that is used there that the commentator that I was reading drew my attention to, which said that this word means both word and deed. And so for me, um, often we think about declaring the good news in word, but it is also, uh, it's also about living that out, fleshing that out, which takes me again back to Jesus, the idea that Jesus is God incarnate in the flesh. He walked the, the wet roads, the dirty roads, the dusty roads, the highs and the lows of human existence. Mm. And 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 lived out, fleshed out the good news. And I think we need to keep on modelling that because often people won't listen to the words that we say, I think, until they really see lived out in our lives and our actions of love and being valued, which is what Chris was talking about. They won't understand the love of God in word until they see the love of God in deed. Yeah. And, and that's in us. Love in action. Yeah, it's mm. great. Love that. Chris, anything to add? Yeah, look, I think, as I said earlier, we've spent 15, 20 years trying to, to work out what, what this means. And I think we get a better glimpse. We, we've been able to get a better glimpse of that as we uh, embedded ourselves into a, a slum community or an informal uh, settlement in Bangkok, um, living alongside people uh, and, and neighbours who became our friends where mm. their lives was, was often... Oh, entrenched poverty. So, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Broken relationships. Mm. Um Poor uh, access to education, health, mm. all, all these type of issues that we relate to to poverty. So, what what is the good news in that context? And and so, I, I think working towards right relationships mm. was was really important. Right relationships, obviously, ultimately with God. And how did we um, were we the good news, or was it was a process of of walking alongside with other people and mm. and and just listening to their stories mm. and helping them, helping to see what the good news was for them, um, which was there was incredible joys, as you said, in in the life of Jesus, there was incredible joys, but mm. incredible lows as well as mm. we as we faced the reality of not just our own difficulties, but those of our neighbours too. Mm. Yeah, mm. seeing Jesus mm. in the brokenness and helping people find that mm, beautiful. I, I, I guess I, I'm I'm really interested. Like this theme this week is about partnership. So it's interesting that you know these responses you're talking about being being the good news, and so that's reconciling relationships and in word and deed, and so that it's kind of this activity of of giving um, and receiving. It, it is a sense of us partnering with God. Why why do you think the idea of together? Like what 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 are your thoughts around? Why do you think God chooses to do it this way. <laughs> Maybe we haven't oh, well, got enough time, but <laughs> well, that's, I, that's isn't that an interesting question, Joe? I think it's a great question. Um, mm. Why in the world does God choose me or you, mm. when or, or anybody for that matter to partner mm. with Him? But I mean, I think that's where I go back to Scripture, where clearly we are called into, literally in the in the New Testament letters, we're invited into partnership with Him in mm -hmm. the ministry of reconciliation, yep. which is a a mind blowing thought when you come to think about it that we are invited first of all into partnership with the god who created us mm. and offers us salvation that, that is when you sit with that it's a mind-blowing thought mm. uh, but i think for me it, it goes back perhaps even a little bit deeper than that god by his very nature is relational mm. you go right back even before creation that's great and and father son and spirit are in relationship and and so 
there's a sense of community even within the Godhead yeah. to demonstrate what God is, what ultimate reality that is God is really like. What the perfect, almost, sorry, almost like a, an example of the perfect relationship or perfect partnership, isn't sure. it? Sure. You know, sure. the, Exa- that yeah, example exactly. of, yeah. yeah. Sorry, keep going, Viv. No, no. And so I, I think that when in the, in, in the New Testament that's fleshed out, at least in part and often, usually, most of the time, very imperfectly in us, the truth of who God is and what how he wants us to live is best seen in community. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. And so that's an aspect of it. The partnership is an aspect of community. Mm. And I cannot do it alone. I need yes. my sisters and my brothers to journey with me. Yeah. Um, I need those who are gifted differently to me. Mm. Uh, we often grow because we are engaged with people who are different to us. Mm. And so partnership for me reflects um, not just the fact that we are called to be partners with God, but that it reflects the very nature of God himself uh, in terms of it takes a community. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. I think it takes a community to communicate the good news because yeah. it's mm. all it's about great. Bring book back in the relationship. Yeah, beautiful. We can't do it all by ourselves. Absolutely. I, I love what you've touched on there. And I it makes me want to ask another question around so you're you're convinced that community and, and, and partnership is the way. Share some examples. I'd love to hear experiences of maybe where you've seen a partnership just expressed in that beautiful kind of that whether it's community or can you think of any? I think of when our neighborhood um, there was just there was a few things that really terrified our neighbours and, and for those people who live in slum communities because w- one of those things was uh, was fires mm, and yeah. fires had the potential to just devastate a community in in a matter of minutes and just quickly our, our neighbourhood um, had a fire this particular day and I raced I could see the black smoke from about 500 metres away I said that does not look good so I got back to the community as fast as I could, put my daughter and her friend just outside her house. It sounds sounds a bit crazy that I'd run towards where the <laughs> fire is. Um, but, but, and I ran into our house to sort of start to get our valuables out, passports, uh, passports and, and, yeah. and these type of documents because the fire was literally 50 metres away. And, and when I came back, uh, when I got those things and tucked them in my pocket, all I could see was people running around just helping one another. Mm. You know, there were people running out uh, – people grabbing their washing machines or, you know, like things that were of value to them, mm. that they weren't just left to carry these things on our own. And and when I came outside, my daughter and her friend were gone. But I did notice that um, some other neighbours had, had taken them to a safer spot. And, and, I, and I'll tell you that story because it, it was just instinctive for the community to help one another, to partner together, to join together mm. To, to for a to, common to, cause for a common yeah. cause and yeah. and I just I think it's really just intuitively that we band together because it's part of who we are mm. you know to it's how we're made like to, you to said. join with one another for a cause yeah. and in this mm. case mm. it was about saving out our, our, yeah. our lives our, our all that we had mm. and it wasn't just every man for themselves every person for themselves mm. it was actually people really join with with each other yeah yeah it's a beautiful example actually because it is it was profound in a community where it's often marked by broken relationships it highlighted the fact that there was this deep connection and deep um, commitment to one another even though Mm. yeah relationships were never or not always perfect and and and, and sorry Viv just to jump in another story we would often see it was a not an uncommon sight when if you're traveling on the road to see a vehicle, a bus broken down, 
and people coming from everywhere to push the the bus mm. or the broken down vehicle off the road. Mm. And there was just this sense of, and I think it's potentially or possibly, um, you know, for ties, there was this recognition that we are in this together mm. and, and we need to support and help each other, uh, which was demonstrated time and time again. Mm. So I just think there's this instinctive um, mm. quality within us that wants to, to mm. work alongside, to, to partner, to partner mm. with for, for, for the common good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, thanks, Chris. That's a, I mean, that's a very moving story, isn't it? Um, there is something, I think, very inspiring about when people pull together, and often it's people who have very little. Uh, one thing that struck me just recently, um, last year, it was last year, yes, it seems a long time ago, each year sort of been so busy the last few years, hasn't it? Uh, I went north to visit uh, some of the northern communities that... Um, Baptist Mission Australia work in um, very remote communities, very small communities. And um, a colleague and I were there for a couple of days, little church, trying to be faithful, uh, under-resourced, etc. And they, uh, on the last day that we were there, we were, I was talking to a bunch of, of ladies and said, look, is there anything that we can do to encourage and strengthen and help and, uh, and bless you? Uh, and of course, with a lot of communities, you've got to be very careful. It's not sort of this condescending top-down mm. assistance. But they immediately blurted out and said, look, it would be absolutely wonderful. The, the winter was coming on, I think it was, and up there it can get quite cold. Um, they said, look, can we get, if we could get some clothes, it would be fantastic. They run this little lock shop and, it, and the church would then um, sell these clothes and use them for the wider community and bless the wider community. So um, my colleague and I left and I went home to our own church down in Sydney and I just put out the word to our church and said, look, is, can we do something here? Um, didn't know how we'd get the gear up there. It's a long, long way, you know, thousands of kilometres mm. to get the gear. Our church was overwhelmingly generous. People went out and bought. They didn't just wrap it through their um, wardrobes and find you know, clothes they didn't want anymore. They went and bought new gear, good gear, and they bought so much so that our garage, my wife and I and others spent time sorting out all these clothes. It can mm. seem like a really small story. But then I had I had a problem of how to get this stuff up yeah. there. So I rang a friend and I think this is where it was a partnership with God as well because I rang this friend who's involved in the trucking industry and he said, well, I've been thinking of, retirement and i've been thinking that maybe i should get more involved with indigenous people god had gone ahead mm. and so in the end trucking company got it up there for minimal cost it got down and partnering between our church the trucking company run by my friend people up in a darwin church it, there was a partnership of a whole bunch of different communities that helped these people share the good news of Jesus in practical ways in their local yeah. community. Yeah, and I was very moved by it. It was a very, very exciting partnership. Mm. Very tangible way of partnering with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, it makes it actually makes me think of, you know, that other side of partnership where, you know, we, Chris and I, couldn't have been in Bangkok without the partnership of many. Um, one, one story that actually comes to mind, it sort of relates to that fire a little bit in terms of whenever something extreme happened in our community whether it was you know we were there through riots in Bangkok we were you know the floods floods um yeah it's quite some quite extreme sort of events that happened um in Thailand's history and almost inevitably the first person that would call would be one of one of the people that partnered with us um 
an older couple who faithfully prayed for us, faithfully, um, you know, sent money. It was always, you know, and I would see their phone number come up on my screen and it always bring me to tears every time because it'd be like, wow, like this has barely hit the news and and they're onto it even before, often before our own immediate family. So mm, mm. Um, that was just a beautiful picture for me of that's that yeah of of the way partnership can be such an encouragement and such a such a deep sort of sense of I'm in this with others. Yeah, look, um, Jody, I think for any intercultural workers, it's impossible for people to be doing what they do to communicate the good news of Jesus without huge bunch of people partnering with them back home. Not everybody can go, whether it's across the ocean or to different parts of Australia. Where I'm. So one of the things that we've been praying for in the Outback team is that the team would grow, was that God would raise up some new people to go. And that certainly has happened in the last little while. But the thing that has really, really encouraged me is this rising tide of interest among our churches for our Indigenous Mm. uh, sisters and brothers. Mm. Churches are contacting us and saying, uh, do you need things? And if we didn't have that, the people who are uh, in on country, Matt and Shannon in particular, but now Danny and Beth as well, uh, travelling back and forth up there, they could not do what they're doing. Mm. And it has been very, very encouraging to have these people who not only give, but as you indicated in your story, pray. The passage we're reflecting on for this week's episode um, is the familiar story of the Good Samaritan that we see in Luke uh, chapter 10. But we're actually reading it through an unusual sort of lens, which is not commonly how we read this passage, um, and that being this lens of partnership. Really interested to hear from you guys what stands out to you in the story of the Good Samaritan in, in terms of partnership. I don't know, Chris, do you want to go first or shall I go first? Maybe if you, you go, Ben. Mate, I won't no. have to say anything, mate. No, look, you... Um... <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Ben. <laughs> oh, right, I'm, I'm trying. I'm enjoying, um, I'm enjoying listening to your, yeah, your reflections, Ben. Well, look, I mean, there's a, there is a lot in this story and the thing is that we are so familiar with it that we can overlook things. But I guess a couple of things that struck me is that when uh, the Samaritan comes along and finds this guy beaten and broken by the road and maybe he's just seeing down the road the dust of the last priest who leaves, uh, he doesn't just grab him up and throw him on the donkey and get out of there as quickly as he can. Um, Partnership involves him getting his hands dirty. Partnership Mm. involves him actually um, picking him up. It says, you know, he he went to him, bandaged his wounds. The partnership led him to get personally engaged and involved Mm. and close to people. So it wasn't just a partnership, well, I'll get him out of here as quickly as possible, pay somebody else to look after him. It was his willingness to touch um, somebody who was unclean, uh, literally and, and, and ritually now, um, and, and get involved in that in a close way. And I think for me, that's the thing that stands out in the story in terms of partnership. Mm. Uh, that, that the partnership started not even it started even before he got the guy to the innkeeper. Mm. I like that. I, I actually really like the the notion of you know getting our hands dirty. That that is actually what partnership is. Um, that mm. there's a willingness to step out of our comfort zones to maybe do things for others with others. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It requires something of us. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
That's good. It does. Mm. I think just both both parties in this story were had a shared vision, and that was one of the restoration of of this man. Which which parties? Sorry, the, just, the Samaritan yeah. and the innkeeper. Okay, were, yeah, yeah, nice. Th- there was this commitment to see this man return to to full health, mm. and I think in partnership, having this sh- a shared vision is, is critical. Um, and both both these uh, people were committed to loving mm. a stranger. Mm. I, I think our, our, the partnerships that we share with mm. with with people is, is is really critical that we have a, a this shared vision of. Of, of compassion and, and love uh, for a hurting and, and broken world. Mm. Yeah, I, I, do you mind if I dive in, Jenny? Oh, I mean, I like it. that. I like that point, Chris. About you know they had a, they had a common vision. I mean, they obviously. Well, I'm assuming unless they'd sat down beforehand and said to each other, "If I find somebody on the road, can I bring him here?" Yeah, 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 we'll, yeah, we'll yeah that's right. I don't think they'd done that. No, um, but they had a common interest, and I think yeah. that sometimes. It's finding those people of peace who share those sufficiently share core values that we can work together with. I, I like that point that you made then. Yeah. yeah. Great. And I think, you know, our journey as people who were sent um, and we were partnered, you know, those who partnered with us actually shared our vision. They shared the vision that we yep. had for the slum community that we lived in. They shared that vision to see, you know, uh, shalom and, and to see transformation come into those lives. Yep. That was, yep. you know, so they're invested in that. Um, yeah. Just as much as we were in mm. in many ways, and and in, again in this story, people uh, the Samaritan was offering what he had, mm. the, the mm. resources mm. that he, he had available to him, he was able to use, as was the innkeeper. Yes, uh, and different roles, and yeah, I like that. and again looking at this story through the lens of of partnership, it's a, just a beautiful picture that we all have different roles to play, mm. and we all yeah. bring yeah. our own unique. Skills, gifts, resources, talents, whatever it is that, right. that we have, mm. that they've been offered back to the hurting and the, and the broken. I, I just mm. think it's a it's a beautiful picture of partnership, it really, is actually, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I I love this idea of partnership, and it's so awesome hearing and and reflecting on yeah examples where you you've experienced beautiful partnership, or you've you know you've you've seen that, but I. I would put it out there that we don't always get it right um, and I'm sure that we have experiences where um, maybe it, it hasn't always maybe shared vision, whatever it has been. Maybe you could just unpack what are some unhelpful or unhealthy ways that we we might approach partnership that can cause it to, you know, end badly or... Well, well perhaps just a couple of little thoughts, Jody. I, I think that... And perhaps it goes back to the point that you and Chris were making before about we bring different gifts. Um, and and the link for me is this, that we all are, we all adopt, adopt a posture of humility. Mm. That in partnering together, um, I will hopefully not think that my gifts and capacities uh, are better than or mm. more important than mm. or more critical than something that somebody else brings. Yep, absolutely. Uh, mm. I think that uh, sometimes, and, uh, and regrettably in some partnerships, and perhaps this happens in teams, some, well, I know that it happens in teams mm. situations, whether it's in cross-intercultural worker teams or, or elsewhere, mm. but it's when there's a sense of um, competition or mm. a sense of, well, 
you know, we're giving the money for this, so therefore we should have a say in what happens, or yes. we should yeah. control. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've got I've got more experience here, therefore the, uh, mm. that that sense of competition. Mm. That's destructive. I think has a, it's a destructive thing, and it it lacks a a posture of humility. Mm. You know that where you know you go to Jesus in Philippians, where he didn't think that equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. Mm. And I think for me, that's Christ was in the closest partnership with God. But he humbled himself. And so for me, an unhelpful thing is a failure of humility mm. and uh, an insertion of competition or power yeah. play. I think that's actually excellent sort of reflection. It's and it, it actually made me think I actually coach my daughter's basketball team. And you just I, sorry, it's not a very deep reflection, but you know that old saying, there's no I in team. There's no I in team. But it, it mm. is essentially it is that that core of um humility and and not you know that a team that's against working against each other is Mm. never gonna you know in a basketball court it's never gonna get a goal like if you're not working together towards that goal you'll never get it so yeah i i think that's um yeah a really helpful Mm. picture actually of what is what is healthy but also yeah the opposite i guess being without humility um Mm. Mm. we're not going to see that Mm. what about for you chris what are some yeah, just picking up what what you've uh, mentioned, Viv. Uh, I think when we come into these relationships and partnerships with a sense of um, imposing on the other person what we mm. think they need, and I, I, it reminds me of a story of in our community, in, in, in the slum community, which is a complex communities to, to live in. Uh, um, we would often see outside groups. Um, wanting to do good, coming in and uh, to a degree working alongside um, local leaders. Um, and, and I think about the time where uh, an outsource group came in, designed this amazing uh, urban playground and it was fantastic. It was made from recycled materials, materials of all, all, mm. all sorts. And it was, it was fabulous. It really was good. Literally within... Uh, three not three days, four days after they had left, um, it, it just became uh, vandalised. It, it was used for other purposes, um, and it, within within two or three weeks, it was back to sort of how the how it was before. And and I guess what what's unhelpful? I, I'll tell that story because often we can come in and into partnerships in with our own agenda mm. and yeah, imposing yeah. what we yeah. think um, the other people want or, or need. And so taking a posture of humility, I think, mm. is just incredibly important and, and coming with those questions of, mm. and, and actually, I don't actually know what I can bring to this situation, but I want a partner. Mm. I think, mm. Um, mm. yeah, so how do we suspend our own agendas? Yeah, good. You know, we've got two ears and one mouth. But often, yes. um, you know, your point, Chris, that we assume what the other person needs and wants, but we should come in with a posture, I think, of listening, saying, let me, your partnership is journeying alongside mm. and it, it's listening first before we do and speak, I think. Yeah. Mm. It's great. Yeah, I love that. Mm. What, what um, you know, if you reflect on maybe partnerships that you currently um, have in your life, whether that be with churches, whether that be with individuals, whether that be with teams. Yeah, how is God challenging you 
in in this in this whole area of partnership? I'm challenged by the way uh, Paul writes about it to, in, in to the Philippians. And he starts off his letter to the those who he partners with the Philippian church and, and says, uh, you know, thank God every time I remember you. So he's remembering them and he prays for them and, and he prays with joy for them. So there's this, I guess for, for Paul, he dearly loves the people he's partnering with. And I'm challenged that that they're not that we're not in this give and take relationship. We're in a we're in a um, a partnership, and, and Paul actually used the word koinonia, uh, the, the Greek word, which is which is basically centered around uh, this idea of fellowship and togetherness and, and 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 partnership. So there's this: how do how do I those that we partner with it would be churches, individuals. Um, I'm challenged that it's about a relationship based on on, on mutuality, on love, on on affirming uh, the the other and uh, yeah, so mm. I'm challenged to make sure it's how do, how do I keep it too you know two sided mm. and not just us taking just or taking. them mm. giving. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Look, the thought that comes to me in terms of what is God challenging me uh, about in this whole area is not to forget that the partnership actually is with God. Amen. Yeah, um, nice. I, yep. I wonder sometimes whether. You know, we are trained to to think things through, to think strategically, to come up with a a plan, uh, the next uh, strategic plan for the next five years or whatever it might be. And, and that is all well and good, and I'm I'm all for uh, getting those things into place and thinking things through. But when it comes down to it, the challenge for me, I think, is look, uh, Vivian, uh, in the end, this is God's work, mm. uh, which is not to say, okay, I'm just going to wait around and God's going to drop it all from heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not about that, but it is about not forgetting that we are in partnership with God mm. and that as much as we need to be listening to each other, I need mm. to be listening to, through the gathered community of God's people, but I need to be saying and praying, Lord, what is it? What's your agenda? Yes. What's the partnership that you want to have with us? What are the resources that you want to give us? Mm. Um, it's complex, isn't it? Um, yeah. But for me, that's the issue, not to forget that the... A senior member of the partnership is God. Yeah, that's yeah. good. If I can put it that way. Yeah, I like that. I think mm. that's great. And maybe the only agenda that really matters is God's, not ours yeah, or yeah. those that we partner yeah. with. But, um, yeah, yeah mm. that's great. Um, all right, so for those people who might listen to this this episode and they might be sitting there going, well, how could I partner? What what is What are ways that I could possibly partner with Baptist Mission Australia or with 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 those on mission? Um, what what would might you say to them? Can I give you perhaps three three or four words? Uh, simply, <laughs> first would be pray. Second one would be learn learn about the people who are, you know, that the team that you're interested in is going to. If it's Thailand, learn about Thai, go go and eat Thai food, or you know, learn everything little and big. Oh, that I mean, that's but, a terrible challenge to give people to go and eat Thai food. Oh, I mean, no, I, I would hate to. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. Let's do it, Chris. Let's go tonight. <laughs> um, so, so how can you partner with people? Pray first of all, pray for them. Mm. Secondly, uh, learn. Uh, thirdly, I would say connect. You know, you told the story, Jody and Chris, of how often those people who loved you and were had your back in Australia. They would be the first on the phone, and 
Um, I think that's how anybody in intercultural mission, whether it is in Australia or across the globe, knowing that people are interested in them and contact them. So pray, uh, learn, connect with the people that you're sending. And the fourth word for me would be um, give it a crack yourself at home. Mm. Um, you know, don't think that, let's not think that it's easier, it's easy to be uh, an intercultural worker overseas in another country that um, it, it's, if I'm not giving a crack with my neighbours here, if I'm not involved in justice issues here, if I'm not seen to seek to be gospel mm. message and to live and to speak the gospel message here, That's great. why should I expect to be able to help people who are doing mm. it overseas? So those are my four words, I suppose. That's that, great. That would be helpful. Yeah. yeah, fabulous. Fabulous challenge, actually. And, I, yeah, I love that that ties into our theme of crossing the street. You know, mm. sometimes we can simply think, oh, well, I, I, I could only pray or I could only give some finances, but maybe we could do a bit of it, all of it and and participate yeah. in, in God's yeah. mission mm. in our own street, yeah. in our own community. Yeah. Mm. What about for you, oh, Chris? It's, it's great, Viv. Um, yeah, look, I, I just think thinking back to the story of the Good Samaritan, <laughs> using the resources that we have, and that takes courage, doesn't yeah. it? Courage to be interrupted, but courage to get, you know, get our hands dirty and the courage to... Um, yeah, just just attend to the needs of the world around us. Yeah, take courage, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I lo I love that. Yeah, the pray, learn, connect, give it a crack, have courage. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, use your re what what resources do you have? Get your hands dirty. These are all great um, great mm. opportunities for people listening to partner. I, I'm really grateful for the time that we've had. Just hearing your reflections on the things that you've learned about partnership um i yeah thanks for being part of this crossing the street series for may mission month well i appreciated hearing you guys because i mean you've 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 lived that out um in a in a, a cross-cultural setting um with guts and courage so i've appreciated listening to those stories thank you thanks viv yeah really appreciate that so for those uh listening at home or wherever you are uh, Missioning will be back with another series in the coming months. Uh, Baptist Mission Australia has people all over the country ready to walk with you in your mission or partnership journey. So we'd love to explore it with you if you are interested in how you might be able to partner, whether that be with Viv and his team in the Outback or with others who are across the globe. Um, get in touch. Also, don't forget to take a look at the awesome May Mission Month resources that our communications team have put together. They are incredible. They are there for you, your church, um, and they're really about helping you engage with God's mission and how you can connect with what God is doing in our teams and what our teams are doing to embody the gospel in their places. So have a look on our website. That is www.baptistmissionaustralia.org forward slash May Mission Month. So check it out. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Viv. Thank you, Chris. Um, it's been such a pleasure um, to share this conversation today. Um, and I'm going to just finish with a quick prayer before we mm. sign off. Great. Thank to you, Thanks. God, we are just so grateful that you are ultimately our partner in all things, that you are the senior partner um, in, in the, the work that you've called us to in being the good news uh, in the places that we are, in the places that 
you have sent us. Um, we just pray, God, that we would continue to be uh, faithful to that call, to be um, to have courage to um, use the resources you've given us, to get our hands dirty, to look and see, be willing to listen before we act, God, to to be people that are eager to pray and learn and connect um, and ultimately, God, just to be people who bring your message of good, your good news into the world um, as we cross the street wherever that may be. Uh, yeah, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.